Hey, good buddies out there, I hope you're fresh out of the choke and puke and you got your ears on. Because this is John Cena, a.k.a. Robo, hauler of goods across the universe on YouTube Red, Dallas and Robo. And today, I'm going to teach you some trucker slang. Let's begin, shall we? Road pizza. Viewed as some as a tasty treat, but you can often know it as road kill. Brush your teeth, comb your hair means stay alert, son, because there's a smoky upside with a radar gun aimed right at you. So be prepared to look your nicest. Sandbagging and reading the mail. So you're listening to chatter on the CB and you're not saying anything. You're reading the mail. You're just like, mm, yep, yep, yep. You're looking at bills or you're sandbagging. You're just not paying attention to the chatter. Comedian, whew. I wanna say it's like a funny man on the radio, but it can't be. So I'm gonna use the term median and try to make sense out of that and say it's just a median strip. It is a median strip. <laughs> the day is mine. Next one, yardstick. That would be a reference for genitalia of a certain trucker. There's also an inch ruler and a protractor. And it's also a mile marker on the highway. Hey man, I'm at Yardstick 35 on 75 South, headed north. What do you call those things where the snake eats its, eats its own tail? What's that tool album? Nokia. They had that. They had that game. Either way, it's one of those. Nokia. It's fucking one of those. Snake. You eat the pellet. Where's that drug dealer expands. game that was on the uh, drug wars? On drug the calculator. Wars. Yeah, people. Yeah, I remember in like fucking middle school people having that and being like this is fucking contraband basically i could get this fucking yeah. graphing i'm essentially taken away gang. from me right now if anybody would know what i was doing on this fucking thing oh man i was so good at that game i wish i had that game right now i wish i did too hey space hog tell us how we can get uh drug wars back on our calculators when i access my calculator mm -hmm. on my iphone I should be able to play Drug Wars. All around the world today. Right? Kilo is the man. I mean, I'm just saying. Kilo is a thousand grams. It's uh, easy to remember. Get you some of that. We're back talking about drugs, and we're back talking about Grateful Dead. Talking about drug addicts is what we're doing. We've been talking uh, about one specific drug addict all fucking months, and we're, we're right I'm back trying to clean my that. life up. Oh, oh no, no, not you. We, oh. don't, we don't talk about personal shit on the podcast. We talk about other people's personal shit. That's what okay. we've been doing from the very beginning. That's from the very beginning when we named this thing Baby Oil and Blow. Yeah. We threw that blow in there. We're like, right. we're going to be exploiting other people's drug addictions not to make own. us feel better about ourselves yeah. out here in audio public. It's what we fucking do. I just sniff glue. To make the days a little easier. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing illegal about that. If the man didn't want you sniffing glue, yeah. there wouldn't be glue out on the shelves. Uh, that and a can of duster, you know, it's like I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, doesn't it feel good? It feels really good to it, be here. It should. Here in this podcast. It's the baby oil and the blow podcast, like you mentioned. That's right. It's an action. I was needling you into that intro. Extravaganza, palooza, palata. you into doing that intro. Tugboat, exciting and new. Isn't that how that went? 
If they remade Love Boat, it'd be too sexist to be like people are hooking up on this boat, so it'd have to be Tugboat and just be about like some fat lesbian woman who like, like was it a lectures you? That's what the whole show would be. Was it a Captain swingers cruise? Stubing would be like a, just a fat lesbian woman who's like, "How dare you?" That yeah. would be every episode. If you if didn't Love Boat was a thing ask now. what pronouns I prefer, exactly, exactly. How dare you? Man, Modern Love Boat sucks. Uh, I don't even know anybody watches it. Modern Love Boat. Boat. Get rid of it. I'm thinking about Modern Romance. Love Boat was just a very... It was a swingers cruise. I mean... Yeah? No? Not necessarily, but back then, every cruise was a swingers cruise. It was just a very loose excuse to have celebrity guests. Like, why wouldn't the Harlem Globetrotters be on this fucking cruise right now? And then, oh, wait... We get shipwrecked. Now the Harlem Globetrotters can be on Gilligan's Island next week. It's perfect. As it's long as they're corporate not corporate synergy right here. As long as they're not helping those crazy teenage kids solve another spooky mystery on Scooby Doo. No, it's okay. They got Batman and Robin over there doing that oh. this week. It was all about crossovers. Back I really, in the day. you don't get as many TV crossovers these days. I just really feel like Batman and Robin, Robin were more equipped to help the mystery gang. Than they would be to help Gilligan's Island. Well, then, then the Harlem Globetrotters would be. Oh yeah, Harlem Globetrotters not great in either situation. Yeah, I guess just spinning a basketball on your finger was so impressive back in the late seventies, yeah. early eighties that they could. It was basically just a carte blanche fucking ticket to get in anywhere you wanted to be. So I mean, they showed up in everything. If you're just in that era, just stuck doing crossovers, mm-hmm. I guess i'd rather take the harlem globetrotters over than like a don knotts no he don knotts is a fucking comedic genius yeah right here the harlem globetrotters are one note this guy can do anything he can play a coward he can play someone bowing up to be fucking uh you know an alpha male who then Mm. is revealed to be a coward he can do Mm. a skinny and pathetic coward He's, Mm. he's this guy's got all the different flavors of the rainbow. I want Don Knotts on my team, quite uh, frankly. I mean, we're picking dodgeball teams. You can have the Harlem Globetrotters. I'm taking oh. Don Knotts. I mean, he's got a lot of experience in haunted houses, too. That's true. Ghost and Mr. Chicken is a pick to click every time we get to this time of the year right here. Yeah. Fucking, that's a classic. Knock, knock, knocking. Halloween season door. fucking little pick right there. If, if we're going to do a, a horror movie pick to click this week, I'd, I'd love to prop up the ghost and Mr. Chicken if you've somehow not seen it or let that dumb title uh, make you think that it's something you don't want to watch. It yeah. is. It is. Spooky Halloween things. Don Knotts being a coward humor, fucking, it, it all blends together into something totally delightful that I watch every goddamn year. Calm! Calm! Do murder and calm go together? Calm and murder? Murder? I would pick, uh, for my Halloween movie, Baby's Day Out. It's about a baby. Is that one set in autumn? That gets stuck in a town. I'm not sure I haven't seen it, but it looks pretty good. You haven't seen Baby's no. Day Out? I, but I assume it's really good. Was that um? Think that, is Christopher Lloyd in that? How's that? No, that's suburban command. I was thinking that maybe that was sneakily good, but then I remembered I was no, probably not of Mouse Hunt, which was a Gore Verbinski movie. No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, Look Who's Talking Two. Look Who's Talking Two is fucking putrid. I can say from experience wow. because. 
that was in heavy rotation Yikes. back in the early 90s when my family had you just hate Roseanne a Barr. cheater box nice a, a fucking we had a fucking cheater box which meant we got all the cable channels all the movie channels I was gonna say were you even watching even that spice channel Ooh. when it turned over at like 9pm or whatever were you watching all those old UFC pay-per-views where it was like Oh, four no, guys no, no, no. fighting was, each other all night and a little stomping bit, each other's dicks. This was dicks. a little bit later than that, okay. or I was oblivious to it. I was just watching Look Who's Talking 2 over and over again on the pay-per-view channel, I yeah. think, every day. Just like, well, if it's starting again, I don't have anything else to do. I'm fucking 12 is, years uh, old and sad. Is the hilarious toilet monster bit in the first Look Who's Talking or Look Who's Talking 2? No, that's too? the second one. Yeah. So that's Mr. Toilet Man. Yeah. He's your doo-doo and your pee-pee or Mikey, whatever. give yeah. me your pee-pees and your poo-poos. Yeah. The, the the first one's much more of a subdued, like focused drama. The second yeah. one is when they bring toilet humor into it. it. It's got the Damon it's sold Wayans. out, quite frankly. It's got the uh, the Roseanne Barr. Rome, what's Rome? Rumble Steel Skin. That's a, yeah, that's the same film. Hey, we're gonna talk same shit action movies. We're your hosts. I'm at O with me oh, as oh. always. He is the um. Damon Wayne's to your Roseanne Barr. No, I was going to say you're the uh, what's her face from Cheers to my uh, John Travolta. What's that? What's Rebecca? That? Yeah. Rebecca DeMornay. Yeah. What's that big girl's name? Yeah, fucking. Christy. Ali Sheedy. Yeah, Christy Alley. Christy, Christy Alley. Alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we, go. we were both halfway there. Either way, you're Nate Adams. I enjoyed her as being the stick in the mud um, foil to Mark Harmon in summer school. And also, ahoy hoy, everybody. I enjoy her as the stick-in-the-mud wife to Tim Allen in that movie where they're pretending to be Amish. What movie was Tim Allen pretending like he was Amish in? Bringing Up the House. That is not something I remember I don't happening. know if that's the name of it. I'm that just... sounds like it should be. Right? Tim Allen's fucking building barns, but like he wants to use electric power. power tools, and, and all like, the rest no, of the Amish, Amish people bro. are like, "No, we can't, we can't." And he's like, "Oh, if I didn't have to, you know, lay low because of these cocaine charges." God I would... damn it, we stumble into so many genius ideas. Funny, uh, we should be writing these down. Man. Producers would have had this sort of gold going through their fucking brains twenty years ago. They could have made a mint. Yeah, just use. They could have made a fucking mint. Real life situations and just you know, have, have you watched it, any uh, any more uh, Last Man Standing? And do we have an update on that? I haven't heard you talk about it in a while. Oh uh, yeah, it's I been a while on this show since you've given us our Matt watching Last Man Standing. I, I haven't had a had a viewing in a minute. I'm oh, trying wow. to think. Uh, busy. Maybe Everybody, I've, everybody's so busy here. If I've moved on to another show, or if it's just that it hasn't lined up lately, but you know. Uh, I'm hoping to watching, settle back in. Watching it. reruns of Caroline in the City these days. Oh, I wish that was on somewhere. Nobody's, you know? nobody's playing Caroline in the City? Again, I, I, Just Shoot Me, that's one I wish was on. Mm, yeah. Oh, For Richer or Poorer, that was the name of it. Oh, okay. 97, a real estate hustler and his wife hide from the IRS among the Amish. What do you think the runtime is on that? PG-13, 1997? 84 minutes. One hour and 55. Oh, God. Whew. Ugh, yuck. Speaking of people making long movies. 
Speaking of people making long movies, we've been talking about uh, really indulgent, really just out of control, but really generally very well-respected filmmaker all month long, all bloody Sam Timber. We respected him. We've been talking about fucking Sam Peckinpah. Well, you know. Everything I gathered is a real piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, not the people who worked with him, not the people who were, like, uh, reviewing his films at the time, but later on, people came to respect him People learned him to respect whatever. his work. After a while, um. Maybe up until a point, and now that we're at the end of the month and we're getting into the late career, Sam Peckinpah. Here's the point. Maybe we're going to start talking about that, that Guys, point. Guys, here's the point. <laughs> this is why you've been listening all month. This but is yeah, the payoff. This is fucking what we've been doing. This is fucking our retrospective. We do this shit sometimes because we're a serious podcast. We're fucking... Yes. Cinephiles here, however mm-hmm. they fucking pronounce it. That means we can't go to theaters anymore because we raped a projection booth, right? Is that what that means? No, no, no. <laughs> don't don't say that out loud. Nobody's going to theaters anymore because of oh. uh, coronavirus. Don't talk about. I did when I was anymore. when I was driving to the Spirit Halloween earlier today. Though, nice. Went past that AMC theaters. That's a that's a ghost town. You know, friend, been huh? closed since like fucking March or whatever. Yeah, and I did see like a guy like walk up to the front doors as I was driving by and sort of like look in like are they open? Like are they open in there? And I was like, like what was he possibly trying to go see? What fucking planets this guy been living yeah. on that he's walking to the front of the deserted fucking AMC multiplex and like looking in like um oh can I get in here? Is there a movie I can watch? Are right you guys now? showing tenant? Are you showing tenant? Fucking weird. This is I'm constantly just like shocked over and over again what sort of fucking bubbles people find themselves in in this world where they just have no fucking clue what's going on. No, and the rest man. of us are exhausted dealing with fucking yeah. this day-to-day realities of the fucking world. <sighs> that guy, that guy thought you could just walk up to the AMC today and go in there and watch I don't even know what. All year, every day, I feel like the video for everybody hurts. Oh, man, yeah. But more so the one where Wayne and Garth were involved. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Well, if you made it to the end of that video without killing yourself, things must be going okay for you. Sure. Could that be... A little more depressing? Hello? God, people all over the country are adding Dr. Kevorkian to their speed dial now. Yeah, time to call your broker and invest in new hemp and cyanide futures. Sales are skyrocketing. Sure. Because I bring a little, you know, le- just a little bit of levity to everything. No, you don't, you don't want to completely give in to uh, sadness. No. Like our director oh. of this month often does, Sam Peck and Paul. Let's get into the rundown here of often the film did. we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the rundown this week is brought to us by Spirit Halloween. Fuck which yeah. I went to today. And Fuck yeah. How'd it look? A thing that lifts my spirits. It's jam-packed full of Halloween shit at this time. It's not like that, like, late October fucking picked through thing. Yeah. You got your pick of the litter when you go in there today. Right. I got some nice, like, little, like, carving things to carve my pumpkins. I got some, like, cobwebs to fucking do some things. I got some makeup to put some makeup on my face. Everything. They had everything I wanted. I saw, like, a late teens uh-huh. girl who was wearing, like, Ooh. a belly shirt in there Ooh. with her dad. And nice. She kept, like, trying to show off in front of me, I could tell. And I was like, 
I'm picking up what you're putting down, but also I'm worried about going to jail, so I'm going to go to the other side of the fucking place now because I can see your dad seeing what's happening right now. You seem cool with it. No, he was a grumpy old man. Oh. He was he was not w- willing to welcome me into his family. That's too bad. But I had a great time. SpiritHalloween.com, I'm sure, is their website. Go to their Find a Store Near Me feature. It's Whitehouse.com. Sure so many businesses have gone out of fucking business this year. There's probably 10 or 12 oh, Spirit right? Halloweens around you. All these zombie businesses popping up everywhere in the wake of 2020 disaster economy. Yeah, sorry, you poor people. Inner city folk don't have uh, grocery stores anymore, but here's a spirit. Oh, the hospital can't stay open anymore? Let's put some Halloween masks in there and make a buck. I love hospital spirits. (laughs) The rundown today is of a 1978 film called Convoy. Yeah. This is a film with, we're talking about a director who makes long, long movies. Yes. Uh, this is one where famously it was taken out of his hands how long it was going to be. So, Which is a shame. We're only dealing with a 103 minute movie here, which is long, maybe longer than it needed to be. We'll get into that maybe later, but still not as long as his usual shit. 103 minutes here. What'd you get? 103 minutes? Yeah. That's, What's that? That's an uh, hour 43? 43. Yeah, yeah. How did I end up with like an hour 55 version? I don't know. Version? Maybe the Wikipedia was. Oh. Wrong. Jesus. I don't know. I just copy and paste this shit. That's uh, a look behind the curtains uh, here. Jesus. Another look behind the curtains is it says that uh, the budget was twelve million dollars, but by all accounts, this went wildly, wildly over yeah. budget. So we're probably looking somewhere over twenty million, actually. Yeah, twenty when was the, the fucking- figure I found. I's were dotted and the T's were crossed and whatnot. Uh, gross was a $45 million here, so this is the most money-making movie that Sam Peckinpah ever made. Kind of a tallest midget award. When you, when you don't really know how much he spent on it, though, yeah. who's to say if that's a success or not? Director, of course, is Sam Peckinpah. Duh. That's, we've covered that over and over again. Give I like, me a break. I like that it like in, existed in such a time where they're like, Sam, how much did it fucking cost to make? And he's like, oh, I don't tell him. Why don't you talk to the guy who really directed the movie? Fucking yeah. wasn't me. He kicked me <laughs> off, my bro. my second unit director because I, I was passed know. out most yeah. of the time. Quaaludes. Stars of this film, number one. Quaaludes. We've got fucking country music oh. and acting legend Chris Christopherson in this film as the rubber duck. He's a bit of a card, that he's, guy. He's a card. He's a renegade trucker badass. He's a little bit of like a Jesus figure, I'm going to say, in this Cause, film. Because he's skinny ripped? Yeah, skinny ripped. Okay. <laughs> also, you know, he's the one out there dying for our sins. That's true. He was Whistler in our Blade episode. He was the sensitive rapist in our The Getaway episode. You all know who Chris Christopherson is. Good on, guy. Just a good guy. Allie McGraw is in this film as a character named, I'm sure, I don't even know that they ever say it. Melissa? Melissa. Yeah, <laughs> Melissa. Yeah. Does anybody ever call her by her? Yeah. This thin ass fucking nothing character. Sweet Does anybody even dr- address her by her name? She's a, a wedding photographer who somehow gets swept up into a trucking convoy through, yeah. you know, circumstances. We saw her in The Getaway as the opposite of uh, the male in that film. She's doing a lot of work as the opposite of a male who actually saw, has things to do in a movie. We saw her look attractive in another movie. Mm-hmm. This is not that movie. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine is in this film as Dirty Lyle, the dickhead county sheriff who is on the truckers' asses, everything they do. He was our MVP actor in uh, The Wild Bunch a couple weeks ago here in in our Sam Peckinpah month. Everybody loves a Borgnine. 
Burt Young film. is also in this film as Pigpen slash Love, Love Machine. Love Machine. He's a slasher. Bobby? He's a trucker who's into harassing women but never seems Bobby? to get laid. He was Dang uh, it, Bobby. Sergeant Royko in Blood Beach, I think. It needs to be said. It fucking needs to be said. That's some of the best work he did. Blood Beach. Also, fucking, he's the guy who got a a robot for his birthday present. And Happy birthday, Bobby. Rocky Four or whatever that was. Rocky Four, four brother. He's Polly. He's Uncle Polly from fucking Rocky, and he's a fucking legend because of it. That's right, you idiot. Franklin Ajay is also in this movie as Spider Mike, sort of young trucker who's got a baby on the way who we're worried about, the Hell baby in peril. yeah. We know him from being the cop at the end of the Burbs. True. sassy cop. We got a note saying that you kidnapped his dog. Yep. Great work in the fucking Burbs. Also, Madge... Isn't he the general? In the those uh, no. insurance commercials? The N-word general from uh, the, uh, the the thing we like, the Deadwood. Oh, oh that's, that's very cat, possible. Yeah, I didn't even connect those dots, but sure, if you say so. Yeah. I want to say that's him. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if he's not, he's good enough to be him. Sure. Should have been. Should have been. Madge Sinclair is another person who's in the movie, though. She's she's the widow woman, the black widow, the, the black lady trucker. Uh, oh, hell yeah. It's a very diverse movie for the 70s, I'm going to say. Especially one about, like, rural America and trucking. They they fit a lot of people in color in here. That's That was Sam Peckinpah. He was the one that was she like, I was need it, bro. the queen in Coming to America. That's what you Ooh. know her for. Fucking talking about seminal fucking black works right there. It's not the about the seminal. I also want to throw a shout out to not not a not a role I like. He's Sam Fields or, the that general. amounted to anything. Right. He's the N word general in Deadwood. Of course he is. This guy's I know long and story career. Seymour Cassell is playing yes. Governor Haskins. Yes, the fucking sort of I don't know riding the coattails of whatever's popular right now. Governor of New Mexico in this film. Right, great actor. Elevates anything he's in. He was. Max's dad in Rushmore. Goddamn right. Fucking Moskowitz and the terrific Minion Moskowitz. One of the greatest love stories of cinema history. Mm. Hey, I don't want any of you Italians drinking out of my water bottle. Damn wops. I think died like maybe like a year and a half, two years ago. So like, yeah, I think you're pretty right. recent R.I.P. to Seymour Cassell. Tagline of this film. Pretty great one right here. Mm. It's to the point, but like not giving anything away. Fucking ain't nothing gonna get in their way is the tagline of this film. Can nobody hold me down? Get me excited. Plot synopsis here that I pulled from the old letterbox. Oh, do tell. Is uh, truckers form a mile long quote unquote convoy hmm. in support of a trucker's vendetta with an abusive sheriff, based on the country song of the same title by C. W. McCall. That's him. That gets to the point and past it. If you want to know Put everything to the point, about this to the fucking point, movie, no faking, cooking truckers and sheriffs like a pound of bacon. Why not? We're fucking cooking right into our next little fucking thing here that we do on the podcast. Our next little segment. It's called Bullet Points, Matt. Pew pew. And I love pew, hearing love hearing those bullet points pew, come out of your mouth. Pew. As you were watching Convoy, as you were taking your notes, yeah. I know you got a lot of bullet points uh-huh. in those notes. Let's start going through them. Talk about this very, very deep, very, very involved film, Convoy. Heady, heady spiritual. Yeah, very heady, spiritual film, Convoy. Uh, very first bullet I got is Chris Christopherson. He's driving that truck, and then he's all like, let me see that pussy. Oh, 
That, that is right. We're, we're introduced right away. We're getting the like uh, sexual tension of the film as our introduction to it. I always like when I can get you with that, when you're like, oh, we're going to talk about the film legitimately. And then mm-hmm. I bring up some ancillary bullshit That's that true. happened at the beginning of it. And you're like, oh, yeah, they did do that. Let's, let's reset and let's uh, ground ourselves and let's start talking about this for real. We open on endless white sand, heat waves coming off fucking asphalt. We're in the middle of the American West is yep. where we are. It's picturesque. It's desolate. It's, 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 you know, it's a, it's a land you could fucking, you could die in if you don't Absolutely. know how to fucking thrive here. Hard no, men. That's right. Hard men and Hard loose men. women. That's what you're finding With- out here. Vascular erections. And Chris Christofferson's oh. driving a fucking truck, and Allie McGraw is tooling around in a little convertible, just flirting with anybody on the road she can find. Just driving around, flashing that coos up and down the highway. I mean, right off, like, uh, you notice, like, A, these people are putting it out there. This is the swing in 70s. Yeah. AIDS hasn't happened yet. People are clearly just fucking right and left, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. Right. Second thing you notice is like, oh man, it's not like uh, the early seventies anymore. Where we we still have some of the like great like sixties fashion where women are wearing like mini skirts and long hair and stuff. No, now we're getting to like feminism and shit. Hell yeah! So Allie McGraw's got a fucking just like somebody took a weed whacker or fucking head. She looks like fucking Boy Meets World. Oh. She's got Boy Meets World hair in this that fucking movie. so man. bad, man. I, oh, I wasn't even... Uh. Tight little curls uh. up next to the head. Mm. Where was I at? What were we talking about? Convoy, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. These two are fucking... They're driving next to each other. Hell yeah. Across the yellow line. Yeah. Just egregiously flouting Holiday the rules road. of the road right here. 100%. Fucking Chevy Chase is licking his lips, fucking looking at this chick. He's having a good time. Uh, a cop finds them, yeah. almost gets run over, head-on collision with them. Yeah. Because this is a two-lane fucking, two-lane blacktop right here. Goddamn There's right. There's nowhere for him to go. These two idiots are clearly hopped up on fucking, I don't know, whippets or Just whatever. Just trucker speeding an eight ball, They've really. they got no idea that there's a fucking, there's, there's a cop car coming their way. Oh, no. Near crash happens. Yeah. They get pulled over, and this is when we learn the, like the rubber duck. He's kind of a legend. He knows how to talk to cops. He's got like he's got the gift of gab. Hey, People know him on the road. Breaker friend, what's your twenty with your story? It's me, the Duck Man. It's very important to note that th- the song "Convoy" became a thing solely because, apropos of who knows what. Mm. CB radios and CB radio slang became a thing in the mid seventies. Like seventy six, and so then the song was made about it. Yes, and then that was probably like if you're gonna how quickly like popular songwriting capitalizes on a trend. That was probably pretty late in the fucking trend. Yeah, and then they made a movie out of the song like two right. years after that. That was probably still pretty late in the trend. And this is this had to be like. Way after this trucker shit was like over at all, correct? The fucking convoy yeah. dropped. Like, convoy, there's no way they had their finger on the pulse with this one. Convoy came out in '76, and by the time they had this done, this film done making in '77, yeah, the trucker thing already ended. Hank Hill was a trucker and he drove proud. Wore seatbelt buckle, had his boy by his side. He had the road with a promise and a fresh load. Took a wrong turn while trying to get back. 
gal had a diesel in the freezing cold. That old Hank Hill convoy's rolling and the antique load were hauling. It's destination, mama's down the line. We was down at the eat 'em up, the boys and me drinking straight black joe and the old CB got to picking up something. Sounded downright weird. He said, "Hang on, Hank, man, talk about you. Hold on tight, talk about me, little old left man. Now Hank swing right." Yeah, I tell you, had us truckers pretty dang scared. Which but people still people gravitated still went to the to movie. See it. Yeah, and what, from what I understand, it was pretty big uh, success in mm-hmm. in mother russia because the it soviet tells a tale yeah. of uh, some working men overthrowing uh, capitalist overthrow government <laughs> are you uh, is that foreshadow for who we're going to get a review from later oh best movie ever in my country i love with the van damme and the stallone i wish but i think there's a little bit before the time of old ivo cobra i don't think he he was old enough to grow up with this one on vhs I watch feel, it with my family i feel like he was raised by like you know radicals who got it and they were like you need to watch this american film to learn about what we were fighting for i don't want to i don't want to like uh throw any spoilers out there but i feel like november is going to be a good month for ivo cobra Ooh. reviews i feel like what we got cooked up for november is gonna be thing where maybe we'll have like four in a row from that motherfucker oh all those big thanksgiving movies we got coming up that's right but you know the rubber duck here he's like yo smoky yo the bear over here dog I uh, see that lady up there. It was her She's fault. Flashing her pussy. She's flashing bro. pussy everywhere. So if you go and fucking chase her down, you, you could probably see, see some pussy yeah. too. And this this is when we learn that cops are childish buffoons in this in this fucking film. So he's like, "Oh, you don't say, scumbag trucker. I'm sure you're telling the truth. I'll let you go on a warning, and I'm gonna go try to chase down this woman who's got her pussy out in her car." I mean, I probably would have rolled those dice. The trucker was the one in the right lane. No, 100%. He didn't really do nothing also, wrong. Also, yeah, why are you going to try to, like, fucking hassle a trucker right now? If I'm the highway patrolman, yeah. I, I'm going to ignore everything I can possibly fucking yeah. ignore. You got to break some fucking crazy laws for me to pull your ass over. Get out there in that heat, that desert fucking heat. Walk up and ask you to roll down your fucking window? Yeah. No, thank you. I'm staying in that air-conditioned car. I definitely would have been taking more of the Andy Griffith role if I was like a 70s sheriff, you know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Like, now, like, now, now, now. Yeah. Let's all just settle down for yeah. here a minute here. I'd be like a, a mix between that. Ooh, that's real nice. I'd, I'd be a mix of that and the Highway Patrolman from uh, the, the hit album the, Nebraska. The yeah. song. Where it's like, I'm always just oh, letting people go life. with the warning after I give them a lesson, mm-hmm. but I'm also just kind of waiting to bail out my brother. My name is Joe Roberts. I work for the state. I'm a sergeant out of Burnville. Barracks number eight. I always done an honest job As honest as I could I got a brother named Frankie And Frankie ain't no good So the rubber ducky gets back in his fucking car here His fucking semi mm-hmm. fucking he's, he's hauling a load And he comes across a couple other truckers And this is when we meet Pigpen and Spider Mike, a couple of our great supporting characters. That's here. Right. This is a fun little 
If there's anything that's fun about this movie, it's all the like the CB fucking back and forth. Yeah. People just like John on the radio. Hey, like, come on, on back CB. here. Come on back with your traffic. Hey, slap nuts. A friend Shane in a high school who uh, bought a trucker slanguage dictionary from a yard sale one day when we were like juniors in high school. Uh huh. And he just brought it to school and we we just were just reading through all this fucking shit they said all these smokies and these bears front porch all this other shit and we just try to work it into uh every into our our english papers everything we wrote for uh miss steiger's english class that oh, we could that makes perfect sense she hated it it, I it did not lead coming. to her giving us better uh grades on any of the uh, it, <laughs> the papers we were writing they were suddenly full of trucker language really just steered her love for women that much yeah more and her hatred yeah. of men. Yeah, way to go helping her make a it's choice. A fun Good story, job. but even then, even in the late '90s, there were still some remnants laying around of this weird, like, fascination with trucker CB culture that lasted I, for like a year or two, sometime in the mid '70s. I think when you met me, I was still rocking my uh, CB radio belt buckle oh. that said "Bear in the Woods." Wow, yeah, yeah. It's very important to get that fashion out there. That was a nice. I belt remember buckle. like having a friend too, like back in the '80s, who was like parents had like a cb radio like just like dusty in the attic or whatever but it was like a remnant of like it was sort of like a before the internet like you could get on this and hear people talking that aren't even like anywhere near you it's amazing this is it's not today we meet the girl who's gonna take our virginities and we're gonna find that girl with this what is it it's my dad's old cb radio Breaker, breaker, this is two 14-year-old boys looking for two special gals. Oh, 10-4. I'd treat you boys real nice. I'm not a woman exactly, but I can get my hands on the parts you guys are after. It's all lonely male truckers. Basically, guys just tried to get women to talk to them while they beat off at night. And also, yeah, there was a time when I come from a family of truckers, fucking third-generation trucker if I decided to be one, which I did not... Uh, yet grandfather a trucker my uncle a trucker me so far not a trucker but my uncle did take me around in a truck when i was a kid and he would always be on there pointing out the dudes talking to the truck stop hookers on the radio when i was far too young to hear any of this be like listen to this listen to this guy talking to her listen to this guy talking to her and it was always very dirty and very inappropriate nice i have deep deep memories of a hooker named Black Rose. Oh. And a trucker who kept telling her her pussy was lighter than a pancake. Ooh. Your pussy lighter than a pancake. Oh, my goodness. At that point in my life, I didn't understand what that could possibly mean. But it you wasn't were in a, a metaphor con- that tracked. You were in a convoy, I was though. Very uncomfortable. But then also, as an adult, I look back, I tell myself that guy was on a lot of trucker speed. That's still. Not a metaphor that tracks whatsoever. I think it Pancakes does. are pretty dense. They sit in your stomach heavy. Nope. Pussies have very little in common Shoot. with them other than maybe they're dripping in syrup if you get a he good fl- one. He's saying he could flip it. Flip it for real. Flip, uh, uh, flip it for real. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah. Yeah, we're knee deep in fucking CB trucker culture here in this movie. Pigpen is played by Burt Young, Uncle Polly. Yep. Spider Mike is the young black man. We get a lot of, like, fucking uh, back and forth. And then we meet our, our antagonist of the film. Who's that? Old Dirty Lyle. Oh, no. 
who is on the fucking CB. Talk about old cotton he's mouth. conning these guys and thinking he's cotton mouth. He's like, don't worry. There ain't no bears on the fucking road. Y'all can pick up your speed. Hey, it's, clear. It's, it's me. I'm your friend, pal. These stupid idiots can't hear Ernest Borgnine for Ernest Borgnine. They think this is a real trucker. It's clearly this just... Is a lot of, lot of regular as soon people as I hear this, talk I feel like, like this. Is this Ernest Borgnine on the CB right now? No, friend. I'm just a regular Are you certain? Because this being. sounds exactly like Ernest Borgnine. Like, Nonsense. I remember you from way back being a police officer who's constantly trying to, to pull me over. Uh, I've played a heavy-breathing 80-year-old man for 40 years okay, now. Okay, sure. I guess I'll fucking uh, believe what you're saying. Let's pick up the pace. He's a cool guy. Before you know it, they're around a bend. He's there set up fucking clocking them with the radar gun. They're all like, oh, shit. We got fucking caught by a fucking bear here. Let's pull over. Again. We know the fucking, and this is... We know the drill. It's established here that this is like a drill. This happens all the time. He's going to shake them down for right. money. And they've got like fucking a sort of sickening. fun back and forth relationship where they talk shit to each other. And it's kind of like, oh, Nature you old dirty motherfucker. You're trying to get us. We're trying to avoid you. It's all in the game, to quote Omar from The Wire. Yes, sir. But, uh... <laughs> Things turn out a little different here. What like happened? in the next scene, and this is the sort of first instance I have where I'm just like, this movie starts to not make so much sense to me, and I start wondering hmm. what I'm watching. Hmm. So once these guys pay off fucking old Ernest Borgnine here, they uh, get back in their trucks, and they're like, let's stop off at a truck stop and get some grub. Like, it's going to be Give me good the grub. times. We're going to hang out. Give me the grub. We're going to have good times. Fucking... They're 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 C being ahead to the truck stop and letting them know they're coming because it's clear the rubber duck has like a sort of frumpy middle aged the rubber truck duck stop waitress there. Who talking about Violet? Whenever in town, I'm talking about fucking Violet. Fucking, they show up. Uh, we see Allie McGraw. You know who Violet is? She's, no, is she? In, do we know her from something else? She was a uh, candy, the uh, strip or the hooker trying to jack off. Fucking Tommy Lee Jones and General Thunder oh during the hotel God. scene. God, she's played so many sad roles yeah. in this era. Yeah. We need to erect a statue to her or something. Fucking. Yeah. She was sad hooker in Rolling Thunder and sad lot lizard in Convoy as yeah. well. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But they roll in, and we get this little B-plot here where it's like, she's like, oh, my birthday boy is coming into town. And it's clear she's, like, hooked on Chris Christofferson, like, pretty heavy. Yeah. And it's also clear that, like, he's got a different frumpy middle-aged waitress in every fucking town, and he every can barely tell them apart. Yeah, From here to... Pierre Prince or we whatever. We get a real sad scene where, like, she takes him into his truck and, like, wraps herself up like a birthday present and then, like, very hesitantly, like, yeah. presents herself like, trying to be sexy, do you like it? Do you like it? And he's like, oh, this is just a thing I do. She's, like, yeah. super emotionally invested in this. This is weird. Oh, I gotta deal with this now. I'm already working on fucking that... Allie McGraw girl. Who's also at this truck stop, we learn. Her car is broke down, so she needs a ride now to get where she needs to be. She's so fucking put Chris out. Chris she's trying to looking to give her a ride. Sell half of her clothes to, like, the other waitresses and the one, like, probably lesbian fucking female trucker we get in this film, old queen from Coming to America. 
Black Widow. The Black Widow. This is all making sense to me. It's all fucking like tracking, like mm-hmm. a fun. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on the road, whatever. Until old Ernest Real Cannonball Rally shows up nice. to the truck stop. We've just seen him like 45 seconds earlier in the shake film. Him like down. Shaking him down, but in like a good natured, we know each other from way back. This is an established yeah. thing we have. And suddenly, Could like, come back to haunt us later. The tone is completely changed yeah. where, like, he seems like a completely different character and he's just, like, an evil cop here to, like, bust heads and, like, take people to jail for no reason and he's really spiteful and... I'm just like, well, what happened here? Am I watching like a fun 70s, we're all doing gross shit, but it's for fun thing? Or is this like a real dangerous, like cops are going to bust your heads and take you to jail movie? You can can tell where the studio stepped in with this movie because they clearly, like you said in that opening scene with uh, Ernest Borgnine, they're like... Ooh, we're going to get your classic Western. Like, there's a little grime on him, but there's some history between their two. It's starting like, off like eh. a Burt Reynolds film where it's just like, it's all fun. It's all fucking, you know, wacky shit, but it's it's action. It's 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 fun. But speaking of Burt Reynolds, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can tell where the studio stepped in. We're like, no, we got to make them like fucking uh what's his face from the honeymooners and Smokey and the bandit like he needs to just be mean and absolutely evil and see i like, think i think that's actually not what his character is. i don't think that's i think this is all on peckinpah's head because i originally this was a script trying to piggyback off Smokey and the bandit there right. was an action comedy right and i think he's the one that like brought his drug addicted alcoholic ass here and was just like no more so exemplified than in the fight scene that soon happens right. after this. Yeah. Well and but it was my understanding, right. It was originally written as a, another fucking Smoking the Bandit type movie. Yeah. Wacky fucking comedy. Peck and Paul was like, I'll do it, but give me complete control because he wanted to like remake it Which into a western wants, of, of his course. image. And then the studio was like, Nope, we're gonna bring in people to high you know, just hijack it and try to turn it into the smoking the band. I mean, and on every different level, place. nobody was clearly agreeing yeah, on what yeah, they're saying. So he goes from a character who is just sort of like they have a begrudging respect or shit talking relationship yeah. to to just a cutthroat character yeah. who like uh, is instantly just here to fuck people's lives up with no fucking reason why. One scene to the next. Yeah. It, it seemed like he was going to be like, uh, what's his face? Old boy chasing down the uh, fucking uh, the, wild bunch. Oh, sure. Yeah. It was like, part of me secretly Robert wants Ryan to be in your game, bro. Or even like more so, like even like a boss hog Dukes of Hazard thing where it's like, yeah, these guys are antagonists, yeah. but nothing serious enough ever happens to where they really have to be so mad at yeah, each other yeah, for so fair. long. But no, this guy's like creating fucking like hate crimes in here. Civil rights abuses. He just comes in, starts picking on Spider Mike. Yep. Threatening to bust his head. Fucking arrest him for vagrancy, even when he's just sitting in a fucking restaurant eating food that he's ordered. Like blah, blah, blah. And uh, Rubber Duck's balling this woman out in the fucking, this, this sad waitress out in the fucking truck. And then everybody's on the CV like, rubber duck, things are going bad. Lyle's in here. He's looking for you. Like, shit's going wrong. So he's got to, like, throw some clothes on real quick and come in. Right. We get a confrontation, and it gets pretty serious where the spider Mike's like, listen, my wife's about to give birth. Like, I can't be fucking going to jail for no trumped-up charges. Fucking Borgnine's like, fucking all laughter and jokes aside, like, I'm going to fucking ruin your life. 
And yeah. then Spider Mike fucking clocks him. And then things get wild. And A, it's weird on one level because we're in a fucking rural truck stop full of white people. And a cop tries to fucking like pull some shady dude. shit on a black dude. And the black dude punches a cop. And immediately every white person in the place is like, we're coming to your defense, black guy. Yeah. And we're all attacking this cop too. Because that's You don't see that in today's culture. That's how we roll in whatever state's next to New Mexico. Right, exactly. Arizona. We're I in Arizona in right here, yeah. Which is Ugh. just fucking wild looking at modern eyes. But the other thing is that the soundtrack is like wacky, fun, like, uh, oh, crazy, cartoony, violence, brawl music it playing. It sounds like the soundtrack from Malibu Express. Very much so. But contrast to that, the violence is not filmed like cartoony, like... Oh, no. Bottle crashes somebody on the head and then their eyes cross and then it's like, woo, 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 I pass out or whatever. No. This is like Sam Peckinpah violence where people are getting punched and then blood splattering yeah. everywhere. Like bruises, blood splattering. Like, yep. And it's a fun fight. It's one of those great barroom yeah. brawls where they destroy every stick of furniture in the place, glasses breaking everywhere. But the fighting and. Two more cops show up, including the one Rube fucking cop earlier who got tricked into thinking that Allie McGraw was naked. And it's just like 15 on three. All these people beat the shit out of the cops. It's brutal. It's violent. But like the soundtrack's like trying to lead us into like a, no, this is just fun, wacky, like 80s comedy insanity or whatever. And the tones just don't work. Yeah. Fucking right away, fucking Dirty Lyle's character has been two different characters. The soundtrack and, like, what we're seeing is not on the thing. It's kind of fun because it's so over-the-top violent, but it's still fucking, like... Wait, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? And I don't know. There's a a little thing here that I did not pick up on until I read the Wikipedia plot summary. Ah, I think I know what you're After I saw this, you know what I'm driving at here? You're talking about how... Uh, fucking Rubber Duck and his crew get the better of the cops and they hightail it out of there and leave the cops handcuffed to everything. And uh, who comes in to rescue the them but uh, old Violet, the Violet, one that was getting yeah. balled by uh-huh. Chris Christopherson. And he she finally helps free Ernest Borgnine. But before he leaves, what does he say, Nate? We'll talk about this later. And why later? Because according to the plot synopsis, Violet is not only Rubber Duck's side piece in this fucking... She is also Ernest Borgnine's wife. What? So, I... According to whatever, I don't even know. Actually, I picked up, because I had completely missed this, and I Mm -hmm. went back to look at it. I picked up on two slight hints that this might be the case. Yeah. The first one is, well, the second one is there, what you said, where she comes in and detaches him from the thing that they left him chained to, and he says, yeah. we'll talk this later. The first one the is when he's he's leaving uh, Rubber Duck after he shakes them down for money, uh-huh. and they give that, they have that weird anti-union conversation where yeah. he's like, soon the cops are going to be unionized just like the truckers, and he's like, not me, I'm not going to go for that, and I'm Rubber Duck's like, you know, I'm independent too, I ain't in no union, and just like... Well, this entire movie is like the worker banding together to be anti-authority. What's with this weird anti-union fucking monologue we're sitting through? But at the end of it, he's just like, no, there's two things we have in common. So I'm like, Uh, oh, maybe the second one is we're fucking the same woman, Violet. And then the second one is when he says... 
But if you had not heard this from an outside source, there yeah. is no way you can infer this. The movie makes it clear in absolutely no way that Rubber Duck is fucking his wife. Right. And if you knew that he was, it would make a lot more sense why he went from like an affable, fun time antagonist yeah. to one who's taking it much more seriously yeah. and getting much more mean. So I gotta say, like, how much stuff is left on the cutting room floor? Because you talk about that's why what he fucking produced to the like fucking uh the 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 studio and what the studio took away from him. Just I'm hearing his original cut was like three and a half somewhere hours around or three something. and a half three hours and forty minutes, and then they cut it down to this. I've heard that his original cut didn't even have the last half third hour, of the movie yeah. assembled yet. So like. Maybe one of the most out of control movies ever fucking assembled by the skin of their teeth. Who was Studio tried to piecemeal together something yeah. with sticks and glue to make sense, but like what you're getting still from scene to scene, they tried to like get yeah. something under two hours that made sense, but still from scene to scene rarely makes any no. sense what you're looking no. at or like what the character's motivations are or why is this happening no it's a the convoy just keeps kind of barreling forward and well, we're not really the sure point of the convoy is to keep moving matt that's that's what he tells him the only problem is in this movie unlike the actual convoy we're mm -hmm. not sure who's at the front door nate <laughs> that's really true front door uh cb language by the way for the truck at the beginning yeah, of, of the line of the convoy. who's driving this bitch so uh after this big brawl the convoy begins all the truckers run out and they're like fuck we just yeah. beat the shit out of three fucking county sheriffs we're going to the state we line. gotta get the fuck out of here they all hop in their trucks they tear ass out uh old ernest borgnine comes out to see that they've destroyed all the fucking cop yep. cars. So he commandeers some pothead kid's That's muscle car. That's cool Is chasing after them. That's, we get some good board nine there right, though. Yeah, some back and like, forth. He's slowly like, realizing like, the kids have weed in the car. What's that you got in your mouth? <laughs> get the hell out of here. He's doing some great work. And I'm going to go on record here again for the second time this month. Borgnine is my MVP for the fucking film. The guy doing the best acting. I feel like he's having a lot of fun here. There's a lot of miserable people in this movie. I, really, I feel like Borgnine's always having fun. I really, well, I'll get to it later, but anyways... Rolling, rolling along now down the highway. I want to just before we roll along the highway too. Yeah. I want to shout out uh, Violet too one last time. Yeah. That last scene where they're hopping up in the truck to roll out of here, and she yeah. just clearly she's been crying. She's got her her clothes back on, right? And she says goodbye to she fucking Robert Duck and tells him happy birthday. And she just knows like Allie McGraw's hitching a ride from him. Like He's this gonna woman, ball her. like yeah, it's not even just gonna ball her. Like she knows that he balls all these other people, but, like, she yeah. can just tell, like, once he balls this one, like, I'll never fucking see him or hear from him again. Yep. This is over. I have a sad, empty life. And this yeah. actress, like, nothing character. You have to infer 90% of what's going on with her, and I feel like she sells so oh, much. She, I, I'm and, glad like, two fucking up. scenes. Yeah, like, this, this scene in particular where she's doing her little walk of shame out of the semi, Allie McCraw's getting in, and I, I wrote down changing of the guard, you know, like she just knows, yeah. like, well, it's been fun. When she like, gets what, a taste of this Brillo head, I'm fucking yeah. out. I forgot, I didn't write down what she says, but she gives, and like, she gives this like 
half-hearted like trying to be enthusiastic but like, like you know oh, there's tears in her eyes i hope as you have a nice time it. yeah, like it's just it's so nice to meet fucking you. sad oh good stuff but now we're on the fucking race to the state line yeah. getting from arizona into new mexico borg nine's fucking behind them uh, i've got questions about this too because like these guys just beat the shit out of three fucking police officers yeah. and destroyed their fucking cop cars but we're acting like if they get over the state line, it's like they've gotten into a different country and it'll just be like well, free sailing and they'll be completely fine for I, this little point of the fucking film. I think what we're supposed to ascertain here is that these guys are fucking scumbag cops mm-hmm. and they're not going to do things by the book. So their thought is if we get out of their county in time, they're not going to radio in any of this shit, and it's going to be a moot point. Which is weird, I think, because like the cops over the border aren't going to be scumbags. They are, too, which we learn once they get over the borders, and Borgnine yeah. just radios them as like, hey, I need you all to get on board with this, and they do. Like, Fuck I yeah, bro. I feel like it's just like creating false stakes here yeah. for this. Like, we've got to get to the state border. Yeah. It's just like, uh, okay, I guess we're creating a fake little goal to get to so we can have some narrative momentum for this little part of the movie. I mean, that's fair, because like this whole part with like the whole, like, we got to get to New Mexico... Happens pretty quick, and then they get mm-hmm. to New Mexico, and then they're just like, well, we're still on the run. Yeah. 100%. Like you you were alluding to. Like, uh, what what happened? They go on a little chase. There's a dirt road. It's, it's fun to look at, but it's way long. Well, there's the fun fucking awesome part where, yeah, this is just an extended chase, this next middle of the movie, but... It's a montage. There's the great part where Borgnine finally catches up to him in the muscle car, and yeah. like... Allie McGraw's like trying to change fucking uh, Chris Christopherson's shirt while oh, he's that's driving because right, yeah. like he's got blood on his shirt, which is is just an excellent excuse to have Chris Christopherson be shirtless Shirt and like truck, glistening yeah. with sweat for the next like thirty minutes of the movie. Like you get a good thirty minutes where he's just driving shirtless yep. just so you can throw some like fucking man meat into this movie. Yeah, I appreciated this, but like. As they're changing it, there's a slight swerve. They almost knock fucking Borgnine off the road, yeah. which then hits him like Dukes of Hazard style straight up into just a conspicuous dirt fucking hill, which he launches off of and then crashes through a billboard and then crashes through the roof of a fucking barn and then like lands in a fucking chicken coop. Straight in the curves, flat in the hills. The law may never catch him, but someday a mountain will. It's an extraordinary stunt. Yeah. Like, it's Dukes of Hazard-esque, but it's Dukes of Hazard on steroids. Like, yeah. fucking, there's one single shot, no editing. They put that car through the billboard and then through the roof of that place and then on the ground. Like, tremendous fucking stunt work right I, there. I read there, uh, in that scene specifically, they were supposed to have one of the other semis flip in this scene along oh. with the sheriff. Okay, and, that would have been great. Uh, I think it was actually supposed to be Black Widow's truck, but she ends up flipping it earlier in the convoy. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Before we get to here, we're going around a corner like when we get off the fucking highway onto like a side street, yeah. and her fucking semi her completely flips, which apparently was just an accident right. while filming that they built into the action of the movie. Like, well, that truck's fucking destroyed. Now we just got to like keep going and... Figure out how we're going to deal with this, which is awesome. That's fucking so cool. Like the whole film, Peck and Paul, like these happy little accidents keep happening. (laughs) Happy little accidents. People almost dying. Yeah, Yeah, we shouldn't have been driving on all that cocaine. 
Uh, and he's just like, fuck it, we'll leave it in the movie and rewrite some shit. Right, yeah. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, uh, the truckers keep changing because the fucking shooting kept going on forever. Right, yeah. And fucking Chris Christopherson had to go on tour. Half of them are they, like his band coming back as new truckers. They couldn't get actors to come uh-huh. back to finish the fucking movie, so they're like, mm, just make new truck drivers with uh, Chris Christopherson. Also, like band. I talked about how this thing doesn't make sense from scene to scene, and like uh, fucking, you know, it's clearly been chopped up and re-edited by other people, yeah. and it's all sort of a mess. I'm not one of these people that, like, tries to do, like, the IMDb trivia goofs or whatever things, but, like, I've never maybe seen any other movie that's more littered with continuity. Oh, absolutely. This is smashed, and then it's not. uh, He's wearing this this colored shirt, and then he's wearing a that colored shirt. Like, his shirt was tore open, then his shirt's fine. Like, every other fucking scene has a new continuity error where this thing was just... Uh, balls to the wall, fucking whatever we can do, tried to piece together into a coherent fucking movie. I was going to say, the only thing you need to know about Convoy is there's a very, very, very loose narrative thread. No, for fucking sure. Uh, one thing I love is that after Borgnine crashes his car and does all this, and he has to call in the Stadies yeah. to come save him, the Stadie comes and uh, pulls up to him and... But I do like when he fucking crashes, like, Chris Christopherson's still like, bro, you need me to send Once you a again, meat Once again, yeah, it becomes, like, goes from completely just fucking vile to, like, hey, was that you that crashed off the road there, friend? Like, what can yeah. I do for you? And it's yeah. like, well, which is it? What is their relationship? Ugh. But then the statey rolls up and hits him with the fucking awesome line, my name is Bob Buckner, sir. And I, I hate, hate truckers. truckers. <laughs> Bob Buckman and I hate truckers. I got it written down it's as well. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, so then they get in the fucking car, continue the fucking chase, which then goes off the fucking roads into like some backwater fucking like desert fucking trail. Now, the good part about this dirt road thing is, mm-hmm. as we've established, Black Widow has flipped her rig. I've got this so in my notes as well. Yeah. I know exactly where she's, we're going. She's riding with a new crew, so she's riding bitch, and she's bouncing all over the place. It's and rough terrain, Matt. Buddy, it's 77, 78. No bra. She's wearing no bra. No bra. And Every time glorious. they cut to us, her and these old two white men, she's just jiggling all oh, over the front of this buddy. thing. This is barely a road they're on. It's just a trail, as they're going to say. She's got some big old beautiful Pam Greer naturals Which shaking at, about. At this point, a couple more stadies have joined the chase behind old fucking uh, Borg 9, and they're all getting lost in the dust being thrown up. They're missing the road, spinning out, and this is another weird fucking music cue. The music's yeah. all over this fucking where We're getting like ballet music as we see the like fucking cop cars drive around in figure eights and get stuck in fucking like sand fucking dunes the sound was another thing and uh, once again it's gone from just like people almost dying to just like or is this wacky broad comedy i don't know uh that was another thing though peck and paul was he had i forget who he usually worked with but his sound guy was in there and he, they had a weird sound choice for like the final scene that they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And once they were, the studio was officially like, yeah, we're just going to make our own movie here. Right. They were just like, get, get that, get all that bullshit music he had out of here. And we're going to put in our wacky soundtrack. Which I can't even imagine what Sam Peckinpah's two hour and 40 minute or whatever 
epic this truck like? western that he made. I have to assume that this fucking slapdash thing the studio put together must be worlds better than whatever he was trying to do, even though it makes so little sense at several points in the movie. I assume... Like, I am not on his side on this one at all. Usually you side with the director during these fucking things. You know, like, the movie he's trying to make is just some, like, really drunk guy that's high on cocaine trying to explain (laughs) Fury Road to you at the bar? And once again, it has to be stated, this whole point of this movie was to be a adaptation of a three-minute and, like, 30-second novelty song. Yeah. It's not even a real song. It was just an excuse to throw some CB language onto a track and then have like a really corny, corny, like bridge in between. Do you know how that guy got big CW McCall's or whatever? I mean, he was doing all sorts of these fucking like trucker shits. He had a couple more of these things. Well, he was doing truck jingles for commercials. Yeah. And they were like successful in whatever local market he was in. And he's like... I'm just gonna write trucker. He was the Jim Varney of his fucking era. God bless him. We got a great big convoy rocking through the night. We got a great big convoy. Ain't she a beautiful sight? Convoy. And then, like after all the different squad cars are done, other than Borg nines, he's the last. And then, like, it gets real serious again, (laughs) where he's trying to overtake them and get to Rubber Duck and. uh, Fucking old Polly from uh, Rocky and uh, fucking the, the detective general. from the Burbs smashed their car in between their two trucks. Like, yeah. they just fucking full-on attempted murder him again, smashing yeah. the squad car in between. And, like, he almost dies. Another squad car is utterly destroyed. Yep. Tone just back and forth, back and forth. Just like, well, are these people going to be murdered by, like, uh national guard who come in or like is this dukes of hazard fun chase stuff i can't tell from fucking moment to moment again it's not really fun because there's a lot of parts like you said where i also wrote down let's attempt murder my friend after this attempted murder there's like a fun little joke where he gets on the cb and he's like oh we need to request a new car and a change of pants. It's like, oh, I shit myself because I, I was almost murdered between two semis and very nearly fucking murdered. Oh boy! So they get free of him, and then they get across the the border into New Mexico. Yes, sir. And we get this big like celebration scene where they're all honking their horns, like we're in New Mexico, fucking freedom, baby. Why? But like, was it a continuity mistake or like a just a filming edit mistake? Like. Why did they have a police escort leading them into town? Okay, this happens a little bit later. So if you saw a scene where that was happening here, it's slightly too early for that, right, uh, which very well might have been just like this from later. But this is this. Is, my question here is what's up with the evil truckers? Because right after they celebrate being in New Mexico, we then see three new semis yeah. ominously inch up to the top of a hill Yeah, while we get... evil trucker music over the fucking soundtrack and it's like well who are these evil truckers these new mexico truckers aren't on board with what they're doing they're gonna be like get out of my trucking territory we're gonna get some new shit going on then they get on the cd radio it's like who are you truckers and they're like Oh, it's me, Big Nasty, and my friend yeah. Dirks and fucking Stink Vest Dirks or whatever. Dirks and Cuntley. And they're like, Stink Vest is a cool name. We just want to join your fucking convoy. And it's like, 
this is the first thing you get of the convoy is growing. Yeah. It's like, okay, if that's what it was, why did the trucks ominously inch to the top of a hill with like fucking evil truck music playing over it? Who's Who the, called for that sound cue? Who was the third one? It was Big Nasty, Bald Eagle, and who was the third one? <laughs> I don't one? remember. Big Nasty's the only one I Big remember. Nasty's a cool fucking name, though. But, uh, yeah, then after their big celebration, like, home free, yeah. we're in fucking New Mexico, next thing they have to deal with is a police blockade. Because, yep. of course, fucking Borgnine just radios the New Mexico police, and are like, there's a lot of out-of-control truckers destroying cop cars and beating up cops. We need to stop them. It's and they're cool. always like, well, you know, fucking crimes aren't erased when you go over a state line in the same country. So sure, we'll help you stop them. And he's like, it's cool. I got jurisdiction to be in a helicopter now. Yeah, we got a bear in the air, man. I'm, I'm in the helo. Bear in the air. So I'm in the helo. This is the first time we have a helo. Get the helo. Introduced. Now we got Borgnine up Radios there with some after that big stuffed shirt fucking billboard white accident. suit guy. Yeah. Get the, this is this is Dirty Lyle. Get the helo. They're coming up on this police blockade. It's a serious blockade. We got fucking barriers. We got cop cars. We got lots of rifles trained on them. What are we going to do? We got a helicopter in the air. This is when old rubber duck plays the I'm fucking hauling a lot of explosives. You better Hell get yeah. out of my way card. This is a pretty solid card to play, I'm going to say. I've got... A semi full of copies of Bush's Glycerine. <laughs> I've got all those fucking E.T. Atari games or whatever. We're trying to get them to the landfill. Going to that <laughs> mythical landfill. <laughs> so he plays chicken with this thing. They're all fucking like, oh shit, we got to get out of the way. For whatever reason, one of the cop cars won't start back up. I guess fucking, you know, desert heat, maybe fucking... It's hard took. back then. So they're they're desperately trying to like push the car out of the way. It's a little ticking clock thing. Is Are they going to get it out of the way before the fucking convoy comes crashing through? Also, I didn't care at all because they had a, a lane completely open that he could have just gone around the cop this car. This is in. my next point. He clearly does not have to smash the cop car, but he does anywhere. Uh, anyway, he refuses to inch four inches to the left to avoid it. Yeah. Fucking hits it just belligerently. So even if you're just like avoided a fucking roadblock like as a new crime in New Mexico. Yeah. Now he's purposely destroyed a New Mexico cop car. So yeah. like, sure, now he's just as wanted in New Mexico as he was in Arizona. If you want to invent some sort of like getting over the border was safe for them. That's why they had a big celebration scene weird thing. I feel like the fine for crossing over the double yellow line would have been a little more affordable. <laughs> right, right. And just... But this is when they start having a police escort the first time I noticed it because they're going, the road's now going through an actual town. The downtown. Okay, you're right. So like the head of the state troopers from New Mexico or whatever is like, that's my fucking town. I got to call ahead. We got to make sure they don't destroy the whole town. So now the cops have gone from like trying to block them to just like clearing the roads, making sure they don't destroy things. Okay, is that but which what is I'm also weird is this has gone from a thing that like a couple of other truckers know about because they're on the CV radio, yeah. and the police know about it because they're radioing each other. To suddenly the populace knows about it, and they've all. Yeah. Gathered together marching bands and stuff to, to celebrate support their Robin the convoy, Hood. even yeah. though the convoy, 
at this point has only attacked police, has not like eschewed any political views, has not said they're doing this for any real fucking reason. We've not seen any organic building of like, we're introduced later to like a news crew that starts covering it, but they don't jump on the thing until after the entire town already knows about all this and they've all come together to love the rubber duck and his convoy plus which are coming through their town plus they're not really a news crew they're just people with a camera that work for the governor's office right he's working uh-huh. directly on behalf of the governor which uh-huh. is also a thing that makes little fucking sense but yeah, we lose, at one point i'm just we, like in what order were these things supposed to happen originally we lose our way in new mexico that's all you need to know must have took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Well, here we are, Pismo Beach, and all the claims we can eat. What a way for a duck to travel underground. Hey, wait a minute. Since when is Pismo Beach inside a cave? I wonder, uh, you know, I just bet we should have turned left at Albuquerque. I don't, I don't, we don't even get to Albuquerque. We're just over the fucking border, and New Mexico is a fucking mess, narratively. This movie's making no more sense. They say that Santa Fe is less than 90 miles away. But the Wiener News Anchor does yeah. show up after we learn that the entire populace knows about what's happening. Yeah. Then he starts covering it for the news. Whatever, man. He's on the back of a flatbed truck, and he's uh, talking to the rubber duck and like on the CB, trying to communicate with him, like, why are you doing all this? What's the point of all this? And the rubber duck's just like, whole point of the convoy is just to keep moving, man. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, pretty zen or whatever. But it also hasn't given us a reason, a concrete reason for why any of this shit is actually happening yeah. in this fucking movie. Yeah. And why if the cops are just like cooperating with them at this point, it's still just like... It turned in from a life and death chase where yeah. the cops were trying to take them down by any means necessary to now we're just driving for no reason. So then he's like, all right, I'm going to talk to some of your other fucking trucker friends. We get a montage where they start like talking about just various political issues. Spider yep. Mike's like, I don't like how black people are treated in this culture. And other guys like, well, Richard Nixon was pulling all sorts of <laughs> me, fucking like uh shit. Tell you about shit. what Nixon was doing. We I mean, get this like two minute thing where it's supposed to be a thing that pulls this whole thing together as like this big like inspirational political message we can all get behind. It, <laughs> but just, it just makes it looser yeah, and more just incoherent. Looser and more incoherent. It doesn't make any sense. We start to treat the convoy as if it's like this pro like Occupy Wall Street Black Lives Matter protest movement, but like they still have not espoused any coherent viewpoint. No. They've made no demands. <laughs> like they want nothing. It's literally just some people on the run who are just still on the run because they don't know what else to do and they're all jacked up on trucker speed yeah and just there's so many clearly clearly so many cut scenes of just like this thing slowly starting to catch on across the nation and more and more people like catching wind of it and like yeah. people maybe like actually saying in a real coherent way like what this is about and like why tensions with the police are this high at this point in American history or whatnot. But no. We get none of that. None of this no. late 60s hangover, which is, we're in the late 70s at this point. It's right. not even just like four dead in no. Ohio, like tensions. Like we're fucking barreling straight into 
Reaganism and we're, like yeah, cocaine and we're three, people dressing like preppies. We're three years into hating or three years away from hating disco and just getting wildly like into cocaine. None of this stuff that they're trying to pull makes sense on any historical fucking timeline. The movie's not coherent enough to like have it make any more sense for us no. fucking either. Until they fucking bring the governor in as a character. Yeah, yeah. And this is where the movie starts getting real slow to me. Yeah. Like, now it's nighttime on the convoy, and, like, we just, like, get, like, a ten minutes of just, like, Allie McGraw and, like, fucking uh, Chris Christopherson having really mundane conversation, which doesn't draw them any closer or, like, show us anything more about their characters. Yeah. And, like, lots of shots of trucks driving in the nighttime. Why do they call you Duck? I will tell you the end. Or that one where she's like, I had a boyfriend once who tried to make me do something he didn't want to do. It was hang gliding. Yeah. I tried it. Is that anal? Is that what we're talking about? It turned out I didn't really like hang gliding. We're talking about anal? It didn't seemingly show up as a metaphor for anything from what I can tell. It seemed to just be killing time. And I was like, if we're cutting down this movie to like get it to a reasonable runtime, why are these scenes in here? Maybe hang gliding was a euphemism for fishbowl parties back then. Could have been. Yeah. And we talked in the getaway about how there's so much hate for Allie McGraw and what a bad actress she was. Yeah. And we thought that she did like fine in that film. Right. And, like had some chemistry with Steve McQueen. Absolutely. And, like, was selling some of the emotion of their. Not the case in here. this one. She's got a nothing to do. B, she looks like she's just on drugs and, like, not really checked in 100% through the whole thing. She's got, like, two things she does throughout the entire movie, which is, like, give a look that's, like, oh, rubber duck, are you really, like, uh, this fucking hard to deal with? Or, oh, rubber duck, maybe you're not so bad after all. One of the two. Those two looks over and over again, and that's all she fucking does. Yeah, she's a real git in this one. But yeah, as you were saying, the news anchor was like, I work directly for the governor. Uh, turns out everyone loves what's going on now. It's a real grassroots thing. Even though I'm now, just now, getting the first interviews with you, which Correct. seemingly would go out on the nightly news later. Everyone, even though no one's heard from you. Oh, or, they have. <laughs> already. They're all at home on their CB radio. There's a CB radio on every fucking uh, nightstand. 77 here or whatever. Or whatever. Everybody knows. So the governor knows he has to get behind you. Yeah. Or he's not going to win re-election. What the governor's done is he's set up a place where you can all crash out for the night. He get took, your bearings. The governor, governor wants governor to meet with you. Governor took the front door for you. Governor Seymour Cassell wants to talk to you. And Rubber Duck's like, I'm incredulous. I don't think this is real. He's like, no, I assure you. Smash cut to like hundreds of truckers just showering together in public. Yeah. And not in the fun Starship Troopers way. No, like the women all have tops on. You don't see any titties. The men are all seemingly naked or whatever. Like there's a tarp around from what we can see. Yeah. But seemingly what the governor has just like erected is just like a Hooverville that's 90% outdoor showers. Because during this whole scene, like it's not just like, oh, these truckers, I guess, have been driving all day. So they clean up and then do whatever. Throughout the entire thing, it's a shower party. It's just right. like everybody ecstatic, showering, celebrating. At this point, there's like, I don't know, 75 to 100 truckers who have joined the convoy. It, it made They're me all want, just scrubbing each other. It made me want to go to zero gravity for <laughs> a foam party. Yeah, it's a full-on fucking 
Cancun Senior Frogs Foam Party <laughs> out of fucking nowhere. It's weird as hell. Oh, wait, before this, too, we get the mm. like little aside where it's like Spider Mike learns that his, uh, his wife has started to give birth, so he's like, I need to split off from the convoy and oh, yeah. uh, drive back to my house so I can see my child being born, which is also a thing that just makes zero fucking sense, because like, the right. fact that you're a convoy is the only thing it's protecting you, you jail. from going down for being the person who beat the shit out of three cops, yeah. destroyed numerous cop cars, tried to murder another cop between your fucking big rig like 45 minutes later. It's, At this point, if anybody ever gets cuffs on you, you are going to jail for life. It's the one point that any character uses a little bit of logic here because Chris Christopherson, when he finds out that old uh, Spider Mike's leaving, he's like, ooh. Never mind all the crimes we did. Mm-hmm. That black man's driving through a lot of racist towns. Yeah, true. To which they're all just like, hope things work out for you. Turns out they don't because yeah. old fucking Ernest Borgnine sees a truck splitting off, knows what the truck is because it's the one that tried to kill him multiple times. Yeah. Him and a couple of fucking Texas outlaws go fucking hunt fucking spider Mike down, beat the living shit out of him and throw him in like a under the radar fucking small town, Texas jail where they can just fucking cornhole him every hour on the hour. If they, if they desire bring out the game, So that's a side plot here, which also a thing makes zero fucking sense that no one was like, Oh no, you can't do that. Cause that's exactly what's going to happen to you. You got to stay in the convoy. The only reason none of us are going to jail is because we're in this fucking convoy right now. I also think Spider Mike is the name of John Leguizamo's character in Spun. Oh, I haven't seen that one since it came out. That was... uh, It's got that nice... Doug Lyman? Was that a Doug Lyman-directed film? All I can remember is that nice shot of Mira Sorvino shoving out a constipated poop, drug poop on the toilet. Mira Sorvino. Hot fucking uh, little, like, uh, gonna be the next big thing actress there for a good 15 minutes. She played drug addict white trash too well. I I never got it. Like, she just had sad dog face as far as I'm concerned. Like, I just saw a sad basset hound every time I looked at her, but people were like, hot new actress. And I was like, no, no, not for me. Not for me. She looks like you went to high school with her and people were like, did you hear about Ashley? She's trying meth. Which is why she was so great in Beautiful Girls playing the sad woman who kept dating fucking, uh... Old what's-his-face, Fucking uh, even though she knew that he's been cheating on her during the entire relationship and just didn't fucking uh, end it. Life gets difficult. Yeah, 100%. What do we got? I can't even think of that guy's name. Either Which way, one? Let's move on. That's not important. Fucking... Michael Rappaport? No, fucking the guy from uh, <laughs> You, Me, and Dupree. Oh, Matt <laughs> Damon. The Outsiders. No, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Yeah, that's what, fucking, what did you say? Old Entourage's brother. Yeah. Entourage's brother, Matt Dillon. He's got those teeth. He does have those teeth. Either way, only movie I liked her in because she used her sad dog face to be like, I am your local hometown girl who's in a, the same bad relationship I was in in high school. Yes, sir. That's the role I should be That's playing. why I've been trying meth. <laughs> but yeah, fucking during this whole celebration, the rubber duck gets pulled out of the shower fucking orgy yeah. to meet with Seymour Cassell, the governor, 
And the governor's like, it's a great thing you've done here. We all need to work together. Yeah. And I'm like, unity. work together to do what? What are we fighting it's against? It's a thing he's built what? <laughs> he's fighting against the cops. Like, are you... Right. You, do you think the cops are dirty, Is this sir? a hashtag defund the police thing happening here in, in the late fucking 70s? Is hashtag that what the, ACAB, the bro. The governor of New Mexico is getting on here. ACAB, bro. Before they can hash out exactly what they're going to do together, it's the uh, a janitor at the old jail lets it leak to everybody on yeah. the CB radio because everybody's got a CB radio right. that fucking Spider Mike's in jail. He's been beaten. He's uh, he's in dire straits. Somebody needs to come save him. To which case, the rubber duck's like, it's gotta, it's gotta be me. I gotta, I gotta go there and I gotta save him, even though I'm, you know, the Jesus figure of this new big movement that's been created to achieve, achieve nothing. Trucker <laughs> salvation. We're truckers who want to be allowed to drive? Question mark. Yeah. Don't tell us we can't drive anymore. I mean, it's just a good thing that that janitor. The type of Down syndrome he had was that radio Down syndrome, you know, like Cuba Gooden has in the radio hit film Down Radio. Down syndrome was a great college rock band I loved yeah. in the late 80s, too. Yeah, Those guys had some good that. fucking hits. I mean, under-the-radar hits. Yeah. Not many, too many people liked them, which yeah. is why it was still good. I felt like they really bridged the gap between the Cure and the Pixies. <laughs> But this scene reminded me quite a bit of uh, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Yeah. Because we get this big tear-filled goodbye where, like, uh, Rubber Duck's like, uh, I gotta go. I gotta go. Like, I gotta leave. I gotta and do they're all like, my way. You gotta stay with us, man. And he's like, no, no, it's this up to me. I... And they're like, it's a suicide mission, man. Like, whatever. And he's like... Uh, I still gotta go. Goodbye. Gotta play hero. It's a dramatic split between him and everybody who he's joined together. And then, without anything happening between that, just like in Harley Davidson and the Marble Men, when they yeah. had their big dramatic s- split, the very next scene is them getting back together. <laughs> like, yeah. oh no, we're all here too to uh, go there with you, Rubber Duck. And it's like, you know, that doesn't Instantly. work. You gotta have, like, more scenes where, like, He's they try own. to go off on their own and it doesn't work Gets and they the learn and they need to be together and then dramatically they reunite. I can't, you can't split yeah. two characters up and then apropos of nothing, the next scene they just get back together. It's not cool when Han Solo shows up <laughs> at the Death Star right. if he's riding in there with fucking uh, Fat Fortuna, whatever that guy's name is. Um. Bib? Bib for it? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. we're, not, we're not as big as Star Somebody. Wars nerds as the rest of the internet. The yeah, guy was big, though. If you would have uh, had Han Solo frozen in carbonite at the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back, and then the next scene at the end of Empire Strikes Back, yeah. they uh, unfreeze him out of that carbonite rather than end yeah. on that cliffhanger where he's frozen he's like, until the next movie. <laughs> he's just wrapped on a blanket on the Millennium Falcon, and he's like, hey, sorry you lost your hand, Luke. Right. That's that's what's going on here. So everybody shows back up to help the rubber duck break fucking Spider Mike out of prison. Yeah. And how they do it is fucking insane. Oh. how they do it is they use their big rigs to destroy an entire Texas town. Yeah, I got in my notes here like, oh, okay, they destroy the town. Kind of a fuck you to the townsfolk. Right. As if they didn't have enough life sentences already piled up in Arizona and New Mexico. Now they're in fucking Texas, literally driving through entire fucking storefronts, obliterating them, knocking down fucking light poles right and left. And not big corporate monsters. We're talking about mom and pop pop farm stands where it's like, 
Well, 100%. we just destroyed your livelihood. Probably killing whatever old lady happened right. to be working the fucking counter yeah. as they fucking plowed through them. But seriously, we're all pulling the same side of the rope here. Uh, fucking, they fucking full on the Terminator, the front of this police yeah, station, right. drive two trucks through the front of it, obliterating the entire front wall of the thing. Luckily, it was just Ernest Bergnine in there at yeah, the point. Yeah, Ernest so, Bergnine in there, and he's all incredulous, like, oh, you can't destroy this entire police station. I'm supposed to be in charge here. I'm a cop. They're like, no, we've come for Spider Mike. Yo, yep. Spider Mike, get in the truck. We're fucking, for your let's get out of here. And then now they've really got to be on the run because they've destroyed an entire Texas town. Yeah. So they're like, secondary goal, crossing state lines didn't work the way we thought it was. Now we got to cross country lines. Let's get our way all, all, the, all the way down to old Mexico. Oh, this is, but when they crash through the prison, Borgon's like, you can't be doing this. Like, there's laws, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And that's when Chris Christopherson gives them the big old, Which like, right. uh, there should be. piss on you yeah. and piss on your piss laws. Piss on your laws. And I mean, during the time, I guess we should say that yes, uh, Christofferson's pretty fucking cool throughout this whole movie. Yeah, like he's either shirtless and looking sexy, or like being obtuse and like saying Zen quotes that mean nothing, or yeah. like telling cops to go fuck themselves. I'm on board with everything Christo- Chris Christofferson's doing in this fucking movie. Like he's got the weird like loner, the dude vibe going, where oh, he's yeah, just he does. you know pushing his way through life. But yeah, uh, I, I do have like a. Quote here, that's, the convoy has decided it's going to Mexico now. Yeah. Why? The cops aren't even chasing them anymore. What's the point? They destroyed an entire town and nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. But then my next bullet point is, or maybe they do? Because after these guys doing whatever they want for the last, like, 40 minutes of the movie, suddenly we've got a new blockade. Yeah. Borgnine's called in a new favor, and uh, now he's got the National Guard, and they've created a big blockade yep fucking at the little like we got a wild bunch esque like a uh, bridge over the border into one, old mexico yeah, there's fucking one bridge in scene. we've got it fucking barricaded with a Which, fucking tank i also have to question fucking they just smashed the front of this fucking sheriff's office that borgnine was in stole a prisoner out of them left Borgnine lying on the floor like a little bitch. Yeah. Instantly started driving to fucking old Mexico. Right. And when they get there, he's there with an entire army. What the fuck? Does this asshole teleport? How does he get fucking in front of them with a fucking tank and a machine gun? The helo. <laughs> Some more off-screen scenes where bring, he took a helo, I'm bring, sure. Bring the helo. I gotta get to Mexico. If that's the case, you gotta give me a scene in this where a, a helo is picking him yeah. up and taking him to the border, or at least a scene where he's planning all this shit yeah. and getting it all together. Because it's smash cut to all this yeah. shit's already together, and somehow Ernest Borgnine is beating us to the fucking border. I mean, at least he's got, like, bruises and shit all over his face. I mean, in one in scene or stuff. two. Yeah, kind of. Uh, But yeah, like... What happens at the end of this fever dream here, huh? There's lots of ominous music, and, like, they're they're getting to the fucking Mexico border, and then, like... Some kids in a fucking... Oh, yeah. Like, Christofferson gets through this town. The rest of the people are trying to follow him, but, like, a school bus starts letting kids out, and then they're just, like, slowly walking across the street. Like in The Getaway, that scene where the bombs are supposed to go off. But unlike The Getaway, this one doesn't make any sense. Because, like, they're not 
caught by these fucking kids. No, and you then, saw like, that. A bomb's gonna go off. You like, saw that bus pull over, man. You could just break and let the kids walk, but like it's treated like, oh my god, the trucks coming don't have brakes. How yes. are they gonna stop for these Correct. kids? They can see for hundreds Correct. and hundreds of fucking yards. Yeah, and it's like, no, there's no tension. They can just, just stop. stop for twenty seconds, let the kids cross, and then keep going because there's no cop cars like chasing them at right all. now or even if they were like they've been chased by cop cars through this whole movie and it doesn't yeah. really matter because nobody's making them stop so in order to like i don't know avoid this or whatever old uh fucking pig pen uncle paulie swerves and like hits a ice cream truck i think it is that backs out for no it reason backs out for no fucking reason and wasn't even though in the established they can clearly shot. see that there yeah. are dozens of semi trucks coming his way correct Hits the thing, I don't know, like somebody falls over and then like instantly like it goes from like everybody loves this convoy to like thousands of people from the town show up and they're like, this convoy's out of control. We need to block their route and stop them from being able to do anything. They're murderers. The the editing and all this is so unclear. I have no idea how far away we are from him to this person or whatever or where all these people came from or what other things might have happened in between that the studio cut out that would make this make sense. And the thing that I hate here is, you know, rubber duck gets wind of what's going on, and he radios back to his boy pig pen love machine. Yeah, he's been like, what's happening? He's what's like, going what's going on, on back here? there? And, like, Paulie from Rocky starts giving this cool speech where he's like, ah, you don't got to worry about it. Just understand I can't go the rest of the way with you. Right. But, it's like, you know, Robert Duck, you're I'll the one fine. who's going to make it I'll over the border. Fine. And it's like, holy fuck, like, he's going to, like, get out and get shot by the cops here. Like, it's gone, like, crazy insane. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And then nothing fucking happens. No. Literally, like, they show up a couple scenes later and nobody's in jail. Yeah. Happened. But before that happens, yeah. we get to the big showdown scene where Rubber Duck's the only truck to make it through to the bridge over yeah, to Old Mexico. Here we go. But they've got it fucking barricaded. There's no reason to make take. it. He orders Allie McGraw, get out of the fucking truck. You can't go down with me. Yeah. I'm going down in a blaze of fucking glory. He's also like, show me that the, beaver one last time, though. The end of, Char- of the getaway with Charlie Sheen. He's fucking like tapping Ooh, into some of that energy. You. And what's insane here is like we get some pretty dramatic shit where like he's driving, it's a suicide mission, Mm -hmm. cops are opening fire on him. But then we cut back to like Uncle Polly and the other truckers like reacting to what's happening. But like they're back in the town. They didn't get through the town to the border. He kept going to the border. No, you can They're see not them. even in the same geographical location, but we're cutting to reaction shots to them like they're seeing what's happening turns to the out, rubber ducks. Turns out it's like two streets over and you can just see it in the None distance. None of this makes any fucking sense. It's wild, but like it's pretty cool seeing his truck get fucking shot up by fucking uh, all these fucking National Guardsmen. Yeah. What's wild, though, is... These National Guardsmen who are barricading the border have let here in Texas Arizona County Highway Patrolman Ernest Borgnine take control of the mounted machine gun on top of a tank to unload. He is literally fucking unloading machine gun fire into the front of the rubber duck's fucking truck as it tries to cross this fucking bridge. This is your baby, man. Fucking senseless, but this is the stupid sort of senseless that I fucking love. You get all these shots of Borgnine with his bruised up face just screaming and shooting a fucking high caliber machine gun. It looks great. It looks great. 
rubber duck sh- fucking uh, truck explodes into giant plumes of flame, fucking uh, goes over the edge of the fucking bridge into yep. the fucking river. It's burning and exploding into the river. It's a big goddamn dirty tragic ending for him. Goddamn right. Now the the movement is over. Uh, its leader is done. I'm sure the the cops and the national guard and everybody He's swooped a prophet in now, though. and put all of his all the all the other people who did all the shit and threw them into jail. Yeah, and like now they're all trucks are, that are broken down on the side of the road, or maybe not. No, because <laughs> our next scene is a big like in a stadium of some sort. Public so, funeral for the horse track, duck. man. That's a little okay. low TB, baby. We're fucking uh, an on track. Well, it is on track. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're fucking, and they're allowing all of the rubber ducks' friends who are should just be in jail for criminals. life at this point, just the most wanted men in the fucking country to right. do like a trucker parade in his fucking honor. Yeah, Allie McGraw's all sad because she's like, I. Oh, sort of fell in love with him. She balled him at one point in the movie. Like, right. I don't even remember because we don't even get like a slow-mo thrusting hip like sex yeah. scene or whatever. It's a weird like cut away from them like maybe saying they're going to do it. Spooning to, like, with a couple of hams. Like, yeah, like this isn't that kind of fucking movie. You like, want another hams beer, baby? They've been half naked skin glistening throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Like why didn't we get some slow motion like hip thrusting shit going on? Either way, the truckers are all heroes again and old Governor Sam Cassell's like, I'm going to uh-huh. use this to ride my way to the White House, Because even baby. though uh, all the town folk tur- turned against the convoy once they they're, saw them hit that ice cream truck and slightly injure somebody, it. now they're back to these people being heroes yeah. for, I don't know, a reason. <laughs> they have theirs. <laughs> Unbeknownst to us, they have it. But also, like, blah, blah, blah. The hippie fucking uh, bus full of preachers yep. as part of the convoys there, too. Allie McGraw gets on it to join the parade. Turns out one of the old hippies is just fucking Chris Christopherson. What? In fucking a little costume. Oh. He gives her the line, you ever met a duck who couldn't swim? It's a happy ending. He's going to get away. Nobody Good. has to go I to hope jail. He does. But one last slap in the face to me before it ends is we need fucking Ernest Borgnine's character to do a complete 360 yep. once again. He's like, what? We didn't catch you? He catches, he catches the sight of what he thinks is the rubber duck on this fucking bus. Rubber duck gives him the thumbs up and a wink like, ah, I fucked you again. He goes from machine gunning him into oblivion, exploding his truck and murdering him after this vendetta of him chasing him across three states, I guess realizing that he's been fucking his wife, even yeah. though that was never made clear for a second at any point in this film, hating him, going off the deep end, just dedicating his entire right. life to destroying him and everybody he knows. It's just like, ah, we're back to having a fun relationship like we did in the first scene where we're fucking... Yeah. I don't know, Bugs Bunny and whoever hunts the Bugs Bunny. We're the Roadrunner and the Coyote. Waka waka. Yeah, do we just end with Borgnine like laughing hysterically? Like Pretty what much. great times we yeah. had? What yeah. a fucking insane ending to this stupid fucking movie. Yeah. None of this made any goddamn sense. Not a, even a little bit. Not a lick of sense. He turns from uh, the fucking cucked guy on a fucking military tank trying right. to kill a trucker with an M60 right. all the way 
to Pat Smear in the Big Me video. Uh-huh. Where yes. he's just like, oh, you. He was fucking Warren Oates and bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. And then at the end, he's holding a fucking stick of Mentos up yeah. to us. And that's it for our bullet points of uh, Convoy here. Yeah. Let's take a fucking breather because I need one. Let's have you hear what we got coming up right. next. Everybody uh, get a Quaalude. In October. Get Everybody fucking together. do something or other. Some sort of 70s outdated drugs. Quaalude Snort sounds great. Snort it up or shoot it down. And then Convoy is going to enter Judgment Day. Perfection. A scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. Be doing it. Is that a snake? I'll give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. That's how they get you. They're under the ground. What the hell are those things? How could they eat a whole station wagon? But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these are local boys. You see, they're headed right for us. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! You didn't get penetration even with the elephant gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Mega worms or suckers or, or suckoids. Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Tremors. America's number one blockbuster. He's a jaw-dropping, spectacular thrill ride. USA Today gives it four stars. The New York Times hails the special effects are extraordinary. It will take your breath away. Starship Troopers, rated R. You excited to see Batista in that new Dune movie? I mean, did they finish filming that? I've got no frame of reference of what actually so. has been filmed and what hasn't. I uh, think it has. As I understand it, that new The Batman movie has yeah? uh, started filming on the streets of Chicago. Oh. Uh, they're doing some shit in Chicago as, as we speak right now. Okay, It's exciting if you want to go up there and... Try to get try to get a little role as an extra in Batman, probably. You know I'd love to work alongside my good friend Colin Farrell. 100%. You guys have often said that you're sort of uh, our town's local Colin Farrell. I don't like to say it myself, but I will say it. Yeah, you both got that, that, that dickhead energy. Thank where you. Where you roll into a room and everybody's like, you know what? I don't like that guy. There's something about that guy. Or, or like I don't a, like it. Or like a, oh, great. 
now I got to deal with this guy, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. either way. So many things though, where I'm like, that was supposed to come out. Did they finish making that? Did they not finish? Will we ever see that? Will we ever be in a world where it's economically feasible to release something again? We don't want to pull another Mulan, am I right? Oh, that was really boring. I watched that. Oh, you watched all that? Yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah, you're living with a half-Asian woman, probably. Yeah. She made you watch fucking... Ain't nobody here making me watch that was, Mulan. That was her shit, bro. Single forever. That was her <laughs> shit, my man. Living by the mantra. Yep. That's how you keep away from Mulans. Matt, let's get into this fucking judgment day here. It's very important that we uh, nail down how the world feels about mm. Convoy because very there's a lot of film. different opinions out there. Judgment day is when we go out to the internet to find out what you, the people, had to, had what you thought, what what you felt hey, about man. what we watched. Yeah. And, you know, we try to we try to meet common ground here. We listen to you. We, we let you have your say. And then uh, we let it sway us one way or the other yep and then we have our final say which is really the only ones that matter don't forget folks we're the ones with the mics we're but don't forget we're also telling you week in advance what we're gonna do here and uh easily bought that's all i can say 100 percent. just throwing that out there y'all know our fucking uh email y'all know our instagram you could get our venmo ain't hard to get our venmo yeah you want us to lean one way or the other you just write me an original dirty limerick, and if you can get me to laugh, I'll probably just go into business for you. Limericks are the funniest form of poetry, I've always said. And currency. I got a couple of one-bullet reviews. I got a couple of five-bullet reviews. I got to say, uh, it was heavily, heavily leaning one side or the other, though. I had a hard time digging up a couple of worthwhile one-bullet reviews. I'm thinking because not many people uh, who have seen Convoy and didn't like it I guess ever thought about it again. I guess you could say it was uh, Slim Pickens, but that's not the same Peckin' Paul when we were doing now. Five bullet reviews, though, it was the opposite of that. It was like, oh, God, I got to wade through so many of fucking these. There's so many people who want to go to the internet to tell me about how much they fucking love Convoy. But I got two of each. Uh, I'll read them out here. The good ones. Let's see what we feel about them. My first one is a one bullet review from a letterboxed user. Named Tom Prinkard. Tom Pritchard. Go ahead. I'd forgotten how much this film pissed me off. Oh. Convoy might be the best movie ever based on a crap novelty country song okay. about trucking and CB radio, but it's still distressing to see Peckinpah's obvious finger marks. The rapidly edited confrontation between a machine gun-toting, bargaining Christopherson's Mack truck deserves to be in a good film on such an obvious cash-in. Even Allie McGraw can't save this one, thanks to her weird mum hair, making the most beautiful woman in the world at the time look like a toilet brush. Boom. Two star, one, one fucking bullet. Oh, From boom. Letterboxd user, Tom Prankard. That's pretty cool. And another one here. It's uh different, different angle, but uh, also similarly displeased with the film. This is a short and sweet one bullet review from Amazon user Minivan Mommy. That's a pretty cool name. They seemed cool. As an adult, the movie had a great plot. Mm-hmm. Problem is, it was not rated appropriately. Oh Nudity, bad language, sexual connotations, fighting. And running from the law. One bullet from Amazon user Minivan Mommy, who on a moral level was just not too happy with anything going on in this film. Didn't care for the butt shot and the half-second nipple of Violet 
in the truck. We got a little bit of a nipple from Violet. Yeah. The only butt I notice is when the one trucker guy who we were never introduced to, who I'm going to assume is one of Chris Christopherson's band members, mooned the uh, news anchor man. Yeah, that's the one. So I was like, all right, throw a little man ass in this. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, My next review is a five bullet review. Somebody who loved this fucking film. This is a five bullet IMDb review from Biggles Death One. Classic. Got a lot to say. I first saw this film as an awestruck 10-year-old, having sneaked downstairs to watch it on TV in 1981. Okay. I was mesmerized by the action, the trucks, the language, and yes, the women. Oh my. And then in parentheses, he says, pions of hormones. That's P-I-A-N-S of hormones. I probably would have said... I got no clues as to what that word was supposed to be. If I was him, I would have, in the parentheses, I would have put hubba hubba. Schwing. Yeah, that's a good one. Since I have gotten older, I still love this movie. And having read all the reviews on this film, I am struck by one point. People who review films sometimes miss the point. Oh. They are looking for the best acting, perfect plots, and big stars. They also look at the technical side of films. Mm. I watch a movie to get into it and to be entertained. To leave reality. Okay, all right. So what if the acting is a little messed up? Mm -hmm. So what if the technical side is rubbish? Mm. This is a boy's dream movie. I can say that because I am now a truck driver and CB user. And I cover 100,000 miles a year all over Europe. What? Okay, so my European Volvo FH12 isn't as butch as the Bulldog Mac feature. Get him the fuck out of here. But I do know Uh, if I had not seen uh, this film when I did, I doubt I'd be a trucker Uh, now. You're hardly one, sir. The biggest plus for this film is the stunts, both the crazy car stunts and much more dangerous truck stunts. Did you know that Mac paid $60,000 to have their truck as the lead truck? Peterbilt only offered $40,000. If you watch this over and over, you never tire of seeing Dirty Lyle and Tiny Alvarez getting squashed between Spider Mike and Pigpen slash Love Machine. That was such a dangerous stunt to perform, they had to do it at less than 10 miles per hour. This whole thing's under protest. And then there is the Dirty Lyle hot rod jump into the roof of the barn. At the time, it was the largest jump for a stunt driver and has been featured heavily in stunt documentaries and magazines. Yes, I know this bombed at the box office. Not true. But when released in Russia in 1985, it was seen by over 35 million people. I know, because I was riding truck there. That is true. A local cinema had a classic movie season a few years back. Other than Jaws, this was the only other film to sell out on the day. And I remember it was a lot of 30-something men with young sons in the audience. Just like me and my son. And I can only give thanks that I got to see it on the big screen, as that's where it should remain. The UK DVD copy is pathetic, as it's cheaply made and actually cuts three minutes from the film. Oh no. Well, it's time to put the pedal to the metal, good buddies, and I'll catch you on the flip-flop. Five bullets from IMDb user and famous European trucker, Biggles Darf 1. 
just want to let you know I've already written President Jack Tunney and I'm protesting. Oh, wow. That guy. We're going to get that review pulled? Yeah. Pulled I, from the episode? Yeah. When, as soon as he was like, I would like to qualify myself as a trucker from Europe. Well, we had a, a very masculine trucker, and, and I also wanted to get a, an opposing viewpoint. So I got another five-bullet review. This mm. one from a, a, a woman, a female. I respect loves, that. Uh, convoy. This is a five-bullet review from IMDb user Christina Holland. That's a nice name. This is a movie that won my heart when I was only one year old. It's a bit of a lie. The trucks, the action, and the actors— this movie is awesome, and I can only recommend it to the people who hasn't seen it yet. Okay. Chris and the guys does a splendid job. They does. Smiley face. They always does. Five bullets from IMDb user Christina Holland. It's a pretty well thought out review. Who saw this when she was one years old. Yeah. And fell in love with it. Calling bullshit. Boy. However, you know, she might have made some good points. I want to know if she was willing to, if she was able to. Get under your skin and change your viewpoint on Convoy. You had some complaints as we were going through this, but overall, it's time to get the big picture now. What are your final thoughts on the film overall, Matthew, and your final bullet rating for Convoy? Well, much like those five bullet reviews you just read, Mm -hmm. Convoy don't have a lot of substance. Oh, wow. Um, Ouch. There's parts of it I thought I liked, but would have been better if they would have just shown a lot of chicks flashing trucks, Mm, which I think this movie was missing a whole lot of. Yes. The PG rating was kind of stupid. No, thank you. I mean, I get it. It didn't really need more violence than was in the film. It worked fine. Stunt works and like punching. That's enough. But like. Chain gun is a little much. Never mind. Like, uh, you, it sucks because, like, there was the 70s truck culture, mm-hmm. the lame vanilla side that we saw today. Mm-hmm. And then there's the real, like, 70s truck culture where there's all those cool fucking um, grindhouse midnight matte. Right. Yeah. Like, you want to see the weird. You want to see White Line Fever. That's yes, what you want to see. Right. If you're yeah. watching a 70s yeah. trucker movie, you want to watch White Line Fever. Yeah. I'll go on the record recommending that one right now. Like, where it's like, how much do you think they Truck paid her? Truck Stop Mama? How much do you think they paid her to show those titties? Oh, no. They, she did it for free when they offered her cocaine. Like, that's what I want to see. 100%. This movie, man, uh, just for the first time this month, I was really bored. Mm. And it just, it didn't, mm. didn't deliver. Things a mess. Chris Christopherson's great. There's other people I like in this movie, but the thing I don't like is this movie. The movie. <laughs> I I can't give him more than two bullets. Two bullets, I think, is a very fair rating for Convoy, considering how it ended up uh, with you on most of those things. The thing that kind of stood out to me is I thought I had seen Convoy. Yeah. But uh, I kind of realized as I was watching this, I'd probably only seen like the beginning and the end on cable and then like was conflating the rest of the movie with other trucker movies from the 70s, which I liked more. With Including things like uh, Truck Stop Women and uh, White Line Fever and whatnot. And I was kind of like, a lot of times where I think you were probably bored was in that second act where they kind of didn't know where the movie was going. And I was also getting bored there too. How do we get from point A to point B? Yeah, what's next? We already... Got through the fucking like big 
checkpoint. Now, I don't know, we're going to spin our wheels and then oh, maybe create a second checkpoint? Ugh. That was boring. Uh, character motivations didn't make sense for scene to scene. Things people did made no sense from scene to scene. It's a mess. There's obviously a lot on the cutting room floor that could maybe make this make more sense or could maybe make it make less sense. You don't know which, who to trust on this one. Which also might make it better. Because clearly everyone behind the scenes and in front of the cameras were all on too much drugs while this thing was getting made. All the drugs. However, I thought Christofferson was very charming. I thought Ernest Borgnine was over the top great, just killing it as the villain. I love seeing Burt Young in anything. It's too rare to see him doing great shit. So there's a lot of personality sprinkled in here. Even old... Uh, Sam Cassell? Uh, Sam Cassell, for sure. I always like him. But uh, Black Widow, the chick who I don't really know as an actress other than yeah. her being stone-faced and coming to America, she f- seemed like she was having fun. Even oh, though, yeah. by all accounts, like filming on the set was miserable. Like, She's a good time. She's having a lot of fun. She was very jiggly <laughs> through a lot of this film. Oh, yeah. So there's personality here that didn't make this a complete fucking, like, in-the-toilet disaster failure for me. Yeah. Which also only gets it to do bullets for me. I'm, I'm also at two bullets. We're fucking... This is a couple weeks in a row, I think, we're fucking on the same page here yeah. as far as our, our, our reviews go. It's a... It's a... I don't hate it, but it ain't great. No, no. I never intend on sitting through it again. Correct. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I'll tell you what I do plan on sitting through again and again and again and again. Beach bum? Yeah, that one for sure. That's a great little, you know, I'm going to go to sleep and it doesn't matter how much of this movie I watch and how much I don't movie. Nope. But I'm talking about creature features, man. Oh. It's one of my favorite subgenres when you're talking about the land of horror and it, we're going into fucking October, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Halloween month, so we gotta be talking about fucking horror shit. We got another big special event coming up for you. It's our fucking monster mash all month long. Men versus monsters in fucking crazy, over-the-top action monster movies. We're kicking it off next week with our first movie of the motherfucking event, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward in Tremors. Smooth creeps come out at night, especially in October. Don't mm-hmm. forget, baby oil and blow. Stay single. It's a long road when you're on your own. And it hurts when they tear your dreams apart. Oh.